Hey, this is your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favourite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like black in our day. And most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest auntie will give. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with... Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. Auntie Sade. And Auntie Sarita. Okay, aunties, it's been a... I don't even know what to say. It's been a mad, mad week of news. So much has happened. What have you lot heard? Now, surprisingly, my one is fresh. My one is Idris Elba <laughs> wanting to, every year, hold a week in memorial for quarantine. So he has suggested that every year, no, Sarita, he's suggested <laughs> every year we lock down for seven days so that we can all remember this time. I know what I think. What do you think? Look, I can imagine, I saw this and I thought, I can imagine that... Um, he meant well. I read it, I didn't even penetrate, and I saw the backlash. I was like, oh, no, poor Idris. Probably his first time of getting backlash. This is, you know, it's well overdue. He can get some backlash. He's fine. He'll survive it. I'm sure he kind of meant in the way of bank holiday and maybe in a way of, like, remembering the people who have passed or something like that. I'm sure he wasn't so stupid to think not to align it with hence celebration holiday. And part of me was like, hmm, a week out each year. I wouldn't mind that. However, then this is just a holiday, it's like Christmas or Easter. So I just don't know. I just, it was very, very ill, ill thought out, I think. <laughs> no, no. No, I quite like this idea. A week shutdown of no, no work, no commerce, nothing's open, just the essentials every year would probably benefit people and the environment. I think it's actually a really good idea. Look, we know that we can survive because everybody's basically surviving and a week isn't that long to have a real shutdown remember when christmas was a real shutdown it's not like that anymore shops are open so i kind of like the idea i think it's a good one from old idris i think it's a good idea just because just imagine if again like auntie nana imagine everything was closed for a week no no shops nothing and you have to stay in your house just think of the positivity that the environment would get from just that week off, just to cleanse and to detox. It's a detox for the world. Exactly. Detox for the world. Everyone stays at home for a week. A week is nothing. Come on. It's like, remember when you were little and everything was shut on a Sunday? I think we should go back to that. Sunday, Mm -hmm. everything's closed. You can go to church. That's it. No buses, no trains, nothing. No shot. I like it. I like it. Yeah, just no. Seriously, it is. <laughs> just no. Because you, in your fancy lifestyle, in ah. your house, and your, you know, probably house staff, and your whole lifestyle, yes, okay, it might be okay for you and celebrities or whatever. Maybe you shut down for a week and give us a break. How about that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, serious. Like, let the rest of us just get on with it and do what we're doing. I just feel like, since he's come out with his whole, you know, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> ill and my wife is ill kind of thing. It's just like, who, you're just preaching. Go away. Shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> Finally, Sorry. the voice of reason. Finally. <laughs> oh, because God. I'm with you, Sade. Edris can do one. What do you mean? Lockdown for seven days. No, no, no. If he has said one day a year, we'll take one day as a bank holiday to remember this and to have a celebration and blah, blah, blah. Or even if it was just like, say, from a Friday to a Sunday, like fine, 
He's talking about, no, 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 no. People don't live in mansions. People are going out of their nuts now. People are stressing out. Not everyone's able to get out or has the finances across the world to stay in their house for one week. No, um, just no. Okay, is there like a whole paragraph that he said? Could you read that out, Bora? Please wait. Okay, while speaking with AP News, Idris suggested that people quarantine themselves for a week every year to remember the coronavirus pandemic. I think that the world should take a week of quarantine every year just to remember this time. Remember each other. I really do, said Idris. Well, first of all, knowing interviews and how interviews go, possibly a bit of context has been taken out and maybe there was more things said. But I definitely stand by it might be ill, the way he said it was um, ill-advised, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. And if it was something that was enforced, there'd have to be provisions and things put in place. It couldn't just be, let's just take a week off. And I don't necessarily think that it's because he's in a mansion and that kind of stuff, it means that he's thinking that everyone could do it. I'm sure, sometimes I think we, we forget the extra bits that people, he, he's from the hood. He knows that there are people out there that can't just take a week off at a whim. So things would have to be in place for it to be in place. Look, put it this way, the positive things of this madness is that the environment is recovering itself. People are reconnecting in different ways with people. But apart from the outside world viral madness, drawing from that, having some time for the world to actually think about it's, what it's done every year, I don't necessarily think that's wrong. Maybe how he said it is wrong, but I think there's something in it. It's maybe not perfect, but I think there's something in it. There are people right now who are not surviving. In Grenada, for example, I'm talking about people that I know in Grenada. They don't have the funds to sit in their house for a week. Their lockdown's different to ours, you know. They can't go out and get food and stuff like that. They've survived off of the land. They survive from fishing. For them to completely lock down for a week, I don't agree. I think, like you said, yeah, it's, it's brilliant that the environment is healing itself. I'm all for that. But for, to expect everybody across the world for one week to lock down, businesses are not going to be the same. It's going to be very hard for people to recover. And who's going to pick at what point in the year we do this? People can't even agree on basic stuff in terms of politics. How are they going to decide what week in the year we should hold, hold a national shutdown, like an international shutdown. I agree, completely agree with Farah. This is just another celebrity saying some flippant comment who's out of touch with reality. I don't care where he's from, that is not his reality now. And it hasn't been his reality for a very, very long time. It's not taking into consideration people who, like Farah said, who are actually suffering, domestic violence victims, like people who are below the poverty line. It's not taking into consideration any of those people. Some of those people who are from the community that he's from, it's just like a bubble comment. Also, if you were to do something like that, it's your choice, but it shouldn't be enforced. It should be something that people do because they want to do it. And if, it's, if you're going to remember it, it should be a day rather than a week. Yeah. Because again, we cannot take off that amount of time. It's ridiculous. Like, shut down the whole economy, the whole country. For this, what? Nah, you've got to be joking. And then finally, if we're talking about the environment healing, shouldn't we be talking about government changing policies? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Instead of just like taking a week off to heal the... No, we can't keep things the same. This is a wake-up call that things need to change. Do you know what I mean? So it's not about continuing after this quarantine is over and doing the same thing and taking a week off and think that's okay. It's just not a solution for what the problems of this earth. I think we're right in regards to being a celebrity making a flippant comment. That I stand by. But I also think ideas start from somewhere and can be born and evolve into something else. So there's always a seed of an idea and then people come together and discuss, well, how can that work? So you'd have people that are like, no, this is ridiculous. People like, this is amazing. People in the middle, all these different opinions. And then you come together and work out what actually 
could be a, um, a suitable solution because it might not be a week of total shutdown. It might be a day of remembrance and then a week of things, initiatives or schemes or something. You know, let's see if he says, you know, I'll take it out of context, which is what a lot of celebrities tend to do when they are um, either misquoted or genuinely say something silly and want to cover their back. But I, I'm not so angry at it because it made me think, oh, imagine if the world does need to take stock. And if there's something enforced for the world to take stock in its behavior, it is about government policies. And for the countries that are struggling or suffering in the way, because like people in Ghana, people in, we're not calling them third world countries anymore because this is definitely not a, a leveling um, situation, but countries where they haven't got the resources in abundance as some other countries, it would be looking at, okay, so how would they manage in something like this? And what would you do? And how do, you, how do we change their infrastructure to cope with things like this? So I think it's a conversation starter, not from him because he's a celebrity. However, ideas get thrown out and then someone can pick it up and run with it and see what happens. The, even just thinking about it, putting it out there, the fact that the world has gone on shutdown now and is seemingly coping and coping mechanisms are going to be put in place which weren't there before because we hadn't had the scenario so actually infrastructure is going to improve because of this so then in a year's time when we've all learnt the lessons and we can really um, analyze the data as to how this has been beneficial to the world on lots of different levels then maybe it would be like actually the world would benefit from stopping for one week out of 52 every year just to recoup like i think it's actually really sad there are so many people that need to work every single day of their life in order to survive i actually think it's more ludicrous to have that as a worldview than to be like you know what out of 52 let's take one week off to just do whatever you want to do i think as humans what we would want as a bare minimum for our lives to just stop and be able to. But the point is you just made there is to do whatever you want to do. That's different to being on a seven day lockdown. Like we're on a lockdown now. That's completely no, different. I don't think that's not what he's saying to be on a lockdown. Like to he, relive this. He, he's talking about <laughs> being on a lockdown. That's what he's saying. That is what he said. He said be on a lockdown for seven days once a year. That's what he said. And we're, okay. addressing, what, we're addressing what he said rather than what could be thrown out there and ideas could happen and how things could change. And yes, changes need to be made. Policies need to be looked at. The government needs to look at certain things. But you've got to remember all these things that the government are giving to businesses and to people right now, it's not like they're giving free money. It's loans. People are going to have to work this off. The countries that aren't as, as um, well off as we are in this country, they are accumulating masses of debt right now that they're going to have to pay back. That's a utopia, isn't it? To say that we should be able to do this. We're not going to be able to do this. I'm all for, let's look at ideas of how we can improve things for people, but this is not it. Him saying, let's, lock, let's replicate this right now, once a year, this is, that's not the way forward. Because there's going to be some people that are in some real difficult positions. There's people that are in real difficult positions now. There's people that can't go, I can't go to my cousin's funeral next week. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do we do when it's stuff like that? People die all the time. And if during those periods when somebody has died and you wanted to bury someone, you wouldn't be able to do it because, oh, sorry, no, you can't. It's the lockdown period. With the handouts that are being given, I don't know if you want to call it, the provisions, let me say called provisions because handouts got different connotations. It's like our great, great 
grandchildren are probably going to be paying all that money back this whole situation it seems like okay we're getting through it and we actually also as well got to remember we're coming from a very privileged position and i don't feel like it that sometimes but we are we're able to even do this podcast in this time there's mm. people that don't even have internet right now i get what he's saying he's kind of out of touch to be honest because the average person the working class person let me say that they don't have the luxury of even being free in this moment when people say things and especially what we're doing we're talking about it it is about discussing the ins and outs because we can take on face value then that means we'd never discuss anything because take away it's even take Idris out of it that's the point and we've established yes the celebrity making a bit of a flippant comment or maybe he had further thoughts maybe he even has thoughts that you and Sade said but in that moment of that interview he didn't get to expand on it so there is an element of that where we don't necessarily know I'm not giving him all the credit just for anything's sake but we also know that people can say things in a big conversation and for the headline and for just a truncated version to put out there it could be like well this is what he said and then he didn't get a chance to expand but there is an element of where he might have thought about it. how do we know that he hasn't thought about all those other things that you mentioned no i agree the press always like misinterpret you know or, or don't not always not always but well it depends depend certain media outlets do don't give the full story and we all know that we've all seen it we've all probably had people experience it as well so that is that is true I'm not saying that he can't talk and I'm, I'm just saying that he could have expressed it differently and I don't agree with the seven day thing I mean in a perfect world everyone's equal and everyone can afford to have a week off everything's just go 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 seven days a week constantly and I think everyone needs a break even people that work in retail they deserve it <laughs> seven if you're not going to do the seven-day lockdown, I think everyone can afford to do, surely, Sunday close. But obviously, you'd have to raise minimum wage to combat that. I don't know. I don't know. I think there does, there does need time for us all to stop and stop properly. Because like you said, there's Easter and everything else, but the shops are still open. For sure. There's definitely people who have to work seven days a week, sometimes 24-7. We do live in a world where some people are so dependent on making sure they're working all the time, constantly. I would love a world where we could actually consider it and something like that could be in place where it would be a way that everyone could see it as, a, as valuable and the world sees it as valuable and, the, and everything is in place for this thing to work in some way, shape or form. I would welcome it with all the things that we've said that would make it easier. Listen, there's enough money in this world for us all one day off. They just need to, whoever has this money and all the big billionaires, it just something needs to happen. We can all have one day off and still survive. All of us. Okay, next headline. All right, so I'm hoping all of you have seen the double press that's going around about King John Un, um, the ruler of North Korea, being ill. So America have um, discovered through their sources that after he had heart surgery, he appears to be brain dead is what they released. But then there are other outlets that are saying this is absolutely not true and he is recovering. So we have two sides of a story, whether he is ill and, and no longer ruling North Korea, or he's well and is still ruling, but he's, he's sick. Um, but it's interesting to me that this is even a thing. So what do you guys think could be the truth? It, to me, it's, it's very similar to Prince Philip. Is F Prince Philip really alive or not? Because <laughs> he currently looks like a cadaver <laughs> in the pictures that he <laughs> put out there of him. 
Um, and I suppose it just, what this whole coronavirus is, again, conspiracy, setting us up to be distracted with the real, very real thing that's happening. However, what's going on is the world leaders are fighting and trying to shift power um, and take back power. And they're having like a hissy fit in the, in the billionaire's playground of who's supposed to be in control of the world because so much is changing, whether it's 5G, whether it's the new world order, whether it's whatever the case is, whoever they're fighting for power and it's spilling out into the streets. And so they need something else to kind of keep the minions and the lower subjects distracted and dying and falling over themselves and locked down and all that type of shit whilst they work out who's going to run the world properly. And that's what it bloody well seems like. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is definitely a big distraction from something. And I guess because he's in power, because he's in power, he can't show weakness. So they, if he is brain dead, they can't help everyone he's brain dead for someone to come and take over everything else. So I don't know, he could be brain dead. I don't know. But if he was brain dead, the best thing, or the best case scenario would be to keep Strum, get someone else to take over anonymously and let him just be brain dead, but take pictures and snaps of him in front of stuff so he looks alive. I don't know. When Castro was on his way out, do you remember like for ages, they kind of kept it a little bit secret until like his brother could get into place and take over. Maybe that's what's going on. I was going to say in response to Sarita, do you mean like when, you know, like um, those hood um, funerals, when they prop the guy up in front of their, um, <laughs> when they've got them at the card table or in their, we kept um, the <laughs> or in their, what's it called, the impalas and they're just sitting there like they're still in motion running the gang, but they're not, they're stuff. So is it Indonesia where they dig up their dead relatives? Oh, yes. Yes, it is, it is. And they have them out on display. Yeah, and they give them cigarettes and they change their clothes and they're just with them and they're just celebrating. Like, You've never heard of this? I'm dead. Pick me up every year. Let me come out. What? Oh, every year? Yeah, every year. Every year. What? They change their clothes. They give them cigarettes. They give them them sunglasses. And they're like, jamming. Are they mummified? They're in their... So they're rotting in their coffins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look. yeah, it's it's really real, and they give them money. So you'll yeah. you'll give your ancestors money. You give them food. You do like a whole party, but it's with actual dead bodies. Yeah, I don't mind this. If it was me, I'm like, dig me up, let me have some fun. And it's like people that are like a hundred years old, yeah, and they're with their like great great grandkids and their great great grandkids in a picture like yay I'm <laughs> eating my relative here I like it I do it and if I'm dead then give me up and let me party with you this is why I'm being cremated because you fuckers want to do some serious shit I'm not in it at all sorry no. Auntie Farah come and play when you're writing in the no. corpse like no one no I'm all for like celebrating and you know like old souls night used to go and light candles and stuff like that with the grandparents and talk about this that and the other I'm all for that and like um what do the Mexicans do what's that called again um right. day of the night of the right. dead day, yeah. of, the dead, day of the dead yeah I'm all for that I think that's great you know keeping people's memories alive but digging people up while they're rotting in their no that's just hell no what if things break off when they're changing clothes and Probably does. Worms and stuff coming out of the eyes and it's just, no, no thank you. I'm, I mean, that's a no for me. I worms mean, coming out the eyes, bants. I'm, oh Sarita, Auntie Sarita, go away. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
no, just go. Not to disrespect anyone's culture and traditions, of course. Everyone deals with death in different ways. And if that's how the Indonesians get down and aren't freaked out. Because I suppose Western culture has, does make us very fearful of dead and dead things. And I'm happy to be afraid of dead and dead things. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. I, I, I would have a connection. I don't know. I would fall to pieces. It's too much for me. But everyone, anyone who can handle that, that is a, I guess, a, it's like, like I said, back to the guys in America, I guess, is, the, is it a, um, a Mexican Latin thing? What they, they, they Indonesian. No, no, no. I'm saying that I've seen it from very, very specifically from like gangs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they, you know, and they've got them at, you know, like I said, in the gang setting, um, in their, you know, blood and crip colours and they're still there. <laughs> Oh, mate, but I don't know how long that goes on. I don't think they, it's just that's part of the funeral, the wake keeping. So it's like where we'd have a nine nights or a 40, yeah. day, 40 nights or whatever thing um, and have the body on display. They have that until the funeral and then that's it. Not bringing them back out again. This is not um, thriller. Thank you. Do you know what I'm saying? No. Whilst we're on the topic of death, I did see Ghanaian pool bearers. You can like hire them for your um, funeral. Yeah. And instead of making it all sad and gloomy, they actually carry your coffin and do dances. And I'm like, yeah, put this in. Okay. So we've got, me and Danny have a Dropbox file where we have said, we've specified what is going to happen in our funeral. So when one of us passed, we go to Dropbox and be like, right, bang, this is what they wanted. I'm putting the Ghanaian fullbearers <laughs> in that file. And everyone has to dance. Everyone's going to be wearing white. And it's going to be a party. I'll have a, a section for people to cry. But it's only like maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then very long-winded. But I want dancing and I want culture and I want happiness. I love yeah, that. That's fair. I love that too. But did you see when they dropped the coffin in the coffin, the person came out of the coffin? Yeah, did you see right. that one? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. they, and, then, and then they ran away. They did. Yeah. And then they, they, they dropped the coffin. The yeah, person's body came out of the coffin. And then rather than put the person back in the coffin, they all dust. And they had to be told to come back and place <laughs> that person in the coffin. Because, okay. obviously, have... let's not, because by the way, I'm going in, let's not, you know. <laughs> I didn't know they were from Ghana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing, but I mean, in general, we, we celebrate, but not in that. I mean, whatever, I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I have the heebie-jeebies. Mate. <laughs> That's the soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie can't even deal with things that happen when you're alive. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not here for any of that. So, yeah. Not, not sorry, actually. I'm just not here for any of it. <laughs> no, I thought you'd be up for it. Okay, right. So kind of continuing with the overseas theme, so my favourite person in the world, Donald Trump again. Hey. Oh, bless his toes. Um, we love so him. So we do, we do, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> he has basically incited the most stupidest thing um, that we can think of in this um, corona time. And I was watching Trevor Noah um, the other day on Instagram and I was really alarmed and surprised to see that he was covering the fact that in certain states in the US, they are protesting. They're protesting um, social distancing and people um, are gathering in pretty large groups to talk about their rights to go to the hairdressers, to go and um, 
you know, uh, do their job. Um, people are saying things like, oh, yeah, well, we're all going to die. So, you know, we want to, it's our right, you know, ch chanting USA. These are people who are wearing like MAGA caps and that sort of thing. So they obviously are Trump supporters. And it, I, I think I was incensed, you know, like that people could be this dumb, yeah, and that their leader could actually be the, this dumb as well to what was his phrase that he used he said that he wanted the michigan people of michigan to be liberated yeah, yeah? liberated is he all right he's not right he's not right i don't even no. have to ask a question i know he's not right and yeah. i i just thought to myself is it just me that thinks that these people are the dumbest people on earth so i <laughs> ask you aunties are these people that dumb because i don't really have that much faith in humanity anyway in general do you know what i mean but this was like it's it's tipping me over the edge basically you're not alone and neither are the americans there's a process scheduled for the 25th of april down to the houses of commons so someone's organizing some shit here too for similar reasons i despair because i'm all for the right to protest protest and i'm all for people looking outside of the box and not just being fed information from the government or from the media and thinking for themselves but for fuck's sake keep your ass inside if you don't keep your ass inside it's just going to get worse you won't be able to go to the shop you'll have to be at home drinking water and eating fresh air and wind puffs. That's what will happen because they will not let you out. Just like the sooner people right. get into their head, keep your ass inside so that we can go back to some sense of normality, the better. I'm also like, are you, come on, are you taking a piss? Um, and it's unfortunate because then you start to think in this very Lord of the Flies quick way that, okay, so now all these people are protesting. What we now need is for them all to get corona and for, for um, the people who think what they're doing is wrong to be proven right because for it to get through their heads, mm. they need to get corona because the problem is if there isn't an outbreak of corona on the back of these protests, then they're going to be more incensed and think that they're right. And then the, the conspiracy theorists that really are out there are going to be like, well, this is, this is what it is. This thing isn't real, blah, 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 blah. And then it's going to take on another level. And it's interesting that they're all um, Confederate flag waving, far right type mm -hmm. people. And it's that base. Remember, we were talking about we hope we think that Trump is not going to get that second term. It's the Tiger Kings of the world that are coming out to protest. This Tiger King was like a freaking manual. We all watched it and laughed, but actually, we should have taken notes and thought, okay, we now know what we need to do. We need to try and, I don't know how we get, not get rid of the Tiger Kings or whatever, but however, how we silence them or get them to be distracted when it comes voting day. Because they're the ones who are out in the streets with their freaking guns as well, with a far right agenda saying that the economy is ridiculous. I don't actually mind these guys protesting. For one, I think that I wouldn't be protesting with them. It's futile for me to be out there protesting. But if they want to, and they are like, no, I don't believe that coronavirus even exists, and they are prepared to experiment with this, why are we against that? <laughs> Is the world not a better place if there's less of them around? I don't care. True. You true. can go out there true. and protest your asses. They should be out there seven days a week protesting. <laughs> because really, it's time somebody else is a lab rat. It's fine. If they, do, if they get it, they don't get it. We, that's data. Then we know, actually, maybe this thing isn't real. I mean, Jim Bob went out and he, he, he sacrificed himself for us. Or he goes out, they all get it, and it's like, whoa, this is real. We just stay home. 
the world is better for them experimenting on themselves. I don't mind at all. Yeah, it's a win-win at this point. However, I was going to say, um, just on the back of that, in regards to the economy, because this is what they're all pretending that they're so worried about, they don't, they're actually confused. Um, the doctors, Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, who came out, both of them speaking on Fox, both of them were made famous by Oprah, which has definitely had Oprah brought into this conversation. Mm. People are blaming her for making them famous because now look what they're saying. <laughs> you've got these idiots <laughs> talking. Because you've got these idiots talking, talking about, you know, it'll be, you know, I'll get all the kids back to school. If we lose a couple of million, then it's okay. And then other one, the other one's kind of rubbishing like how bad this virus is. It's just interesting. At this point, you don't know who to trust from your trusted TV doctor who we had all faith in. I used to really, really listen to Dr. Oz and think about trying, well, at least I thought about trying his health things um, when he was on Oprah. And then Dr. Phil, I trusted him to, less from being a celebrity TV doctor, thinking that he wasn't talking shit. And now he's a paid pundit for Fox, which is very disappointing. Um, and then from King John Un being brain dead or not brain dead, who knows? You can't trust anyone. Even in a crisis when you're supposed to be able to trust your leaders, you cannot trust what anyone's saying. Because now you've got to pick who's talking the truth. Is it about the economy? Is it about the people? What the fuck? Where do we sit? Like, to your point, like, Oprah being brought into this conversation, it's always a black woman's fault, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Again, <laughs> annoying. That was bloody annoying. And then also, I think Nana used making a point last, uh, last episode or the episode before about this whole kind of black narrative who are more susceptible to uh, corona than everybody else and why that's being pushed. And it's just so funny. I saw Amanda Seals talking about this and I was just like, oh, interesting point. It's just like, now that's the narrative. People want to go out and protest. Right. Do you know what I mean? Now they think it's not affecting them, they want to go out and protest. But I 100% agree with you. Actually, I didn't even think about that. Forget it. You know what? Let me take it back. Didn't it, Go ahead. Do what you're doing. It's fine. Test the waters. See if it's fine for the rest of us. The point that you made about like trusting leaders is really, that's not even the title that we should be giving them because they're there not to serve any of us. So mm. I wouldn't trust them with anything because my interest is not their interest. True. So why would I listen to them? And then in the same way, it's like, you know that they're just playing everybody. So really it's to figure out, okay, what's the benefit that they are getting from us being indoors? And then you follow the trail that way. Because there's so much speculation about um, the, everybody around the world putting COVID-19 on a death certificate when the person hasn't actually died from that. We know viruses are in us. So the tests that they're using are just testing to see if you have the virus in you. A large percentage of any population is going to have corona within them. So that doesn't say that I died from COVID-19. That's falsifying evidence. So really it is like I, you can't trust them. So I don't, again, I don't mind them protesting, but Obviously, there's something going on because people are sick and people are suffering from respiratory issues. But that doesn't mean necessarily it's a coronavirus that they're feeding us. So for that alone, I'm called to just stay in. But I don't believe everything that is being reported. Mm, washing Definitely. your hands, all of that jazz. It's like, OK, well, I've been washing my hands anyway. Again, you know, when you're just like, mm, I'll take it all with a pinch of salt. I'm not going down the fear road. I don't feel that scared at all for anything. 
So they can go out and protest. And if we're allowed out because they protested, cheers. It's just stupidity. Let the stupid people do whatever they want to do and just leave them to it. If these people don't get it, and apparently I saw an article where it's like, it's not that big of numbers. So you know how it will, you know, they'll zoom in on 20 people, make it look like 400. So in perspective, it's not necessarily going to prove the point either because if it's just a small amount of numbers and they don't get it, that just means luckily a 20, if you look at the world percentages, those 20 people don't even make up the real numbers. And I also read another article about people in rural America, just specifically looking at America, rural America are not going to get it. And they're the people there as well that might be more inclined to vote for Trump. Rural America, not around as many people as the cities, so they're going to be like, "What is this? What is this bullshit?" Bubba. Yeah. So I shouldn't do that, should I? But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So they're not going to get it either. So it's it is back to the beginning when this all happened with young people saying we're not going to get it and being reckless in the park and all that type of stuff until it hits them in their face, feeling the immediate family or immediate friends suffering from this. They're not going to get it. So I mean, this is all part and parcel of it but i just want to know if it was proven that actually somehow they're like ah we protested we didn't get it open the economy what does that mean for everybody else really that's for all of us to think about that like Mm. if this does come out that what i said was true that this was a setup and we've all been led down a merry path and actually this isn't this isn't a deadly virus and (laughs) The figures kind of show that it actually isn't that serious, really. Serious in that so many people are dying, like the Black Plague or something, you know, the Black Death. Like, it's not that. For us to have shut down commerce for so many industries and you have, a, like, a 2% death rate from people that get it, uh, is it, what do we do about that, really? What, as people, this is our livelihoods. What do we do when it comes out in the fullness of time that I lost my business, I lost my house, I've lost everything, and I didn't need to go through this? I think we should start suing people. Oh, definitely. On mass, like real big class actions. Like even if we have to bankrupt uh, a nation and the people take over, like it becomes a people republic. I, I would be up for a revolution. Um, I'd be up for a revolution. I was about to say definitely sue, but I thought actually suing would be long because they'll tie us up in courts and it'd just be one of those, you come out when you're 84, then you finally get a grand. I think definitely for a people's revolution in some way, shape or form. But they, I mean, this is a part where I'm like, them so-called leaders that we have are working out who runs what and how to re-control us. So I definitely think access to the internet, we've got free, freedom of information overload has become uncontrollable. They tried to put sanctions on the internet and I don't even know if that policy has still gone through. I can't even remember what it was called. Net, was it net neutrality and all that type of stuff? Yeah. I don't know if that's even worked. I just, I know that you do a Google search and you don't get the full return because when Google was first a free for all, you'd get every kind of information you want. Now there's controls and restrictions on the returns that you get. So all those type of things are trying to control us. But however, we are a liberated people with the internet at our hands. And that's why there's so many movements have been born in the internet age, because we can just Google and get the information that they've tried to keep from us for so long. So all that stuff, I think this is partly as well, how do we control a nation? It's a test we are being tested on, but you know, it sounds crazy to say it. Next headline, please. In the Twitter sphere, I don't know how you say that, but that's how I'm going to say it. A lady shared her job title and wage. Black Twitter went nuts, um, only because she was black, obviously. And she is a dev 
ops consultant and she said that she was sharing her wage which is 130k now people went a bit nuts saying nah you're making it up there's no way anyone your age i think she was 23 there's no way anyone your age can earn that much that's ridiculous someone went as far as to email her employer <laughs> saying that she's in breach of something because she shared her wage on what? Twitter. My Some people God. are like, yes, thank you for sharing a wage. This gives me something to aspire to. You're earning this. This is great. So my question is, do you think it's a good idea to share how much you're earning, especially coming from like a minority within the UK? Do you think it's aspirational? Do you think it's a positive thing first of all i think the uk we are the british whites tend to be quite reserved about these type of things and don't like talking about these type of things and as black citizens in this white country we've adopted some of their ways like it or not and i think we're also a little bit like all sensitive about talking about what money we make and how we earn whereas i've seen well, again as always our cousins in america they're a bit more bullshit and brazen about what they they're not really bothered about talking about wages in the from what i see anyway so I think there's that, that's a problem. We as um, black folks as well, sometimes have this thing where confidence and honesty can sometimes look like showing off and posing. So we have this problem with people talking about things, especially when they're successful, which also plays into this whole reserve British culture. However, the work that I, especially the work I do with the British Blacklist, one thing that has been a fundamental issue is black creators being underpaid in an environment where their white counterparts get so much more they don't get as much money and it could be as much as a couple of zeros after the decimal point. So I've, I heard about an actress setting up a WhatsApp group for her fellow actresses and actors and actor friends, black, black actress, I should say. And she was like, look, this is what I get when I do this kind of job, just so you guys are aware. So when you're going into the room as informed as possible, I think there's nothing wrong with what this girl did. If, I mean, I could go on, I feel like I want to ask, was she showing off? Was she being um, uh, obnoxious about it or anything? But I have no idea why you'd be backlashing against that. She's helping anyone that wants to get into that area, showing them that this is what you can get. And by the way, if they're trying to tell, give you a pound when you could be getting 20, this is how you fucking know that like, you've got someone to reference. This is what this person's getting. Why are you telling me no? It happens to women, happens to people of color all the freaking time that we don't get the wages that we deserve for the work. And we tend to do more because we're always overcompensating. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, more power to her. Good on her, mate. You're earning that much money and you're only young. Good on you. Even if she was showing off, I think it's a good thing for people to see and have something to aspire to. What's wrong with somebody showing that this is what you could potentially do if you went down this path? I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Like you said, there's far too many of us black women earning less than we should. You know what's sad, and it's not even like something that is um, a black thing, but a lot of the time I do see when people actually just share their wins and really like what they've achieved, there's such a, a kind of like a foray of energy that goes like, oh, because you feel shit, you can't just be like, oh, within yourself, I should just step up and do better you have to try and cut that person down and basically like really attack them. It's just such an ugly part of the internet because I don't think you see it, maybe you do see it in life, I don't know. People aren't as bullshit to really in your face say that to you, like how they do on the internet, like after you've written what you're sharing to actually come with, like you think you're distant and it's just like, wow, why would you not just take that toxicity and just 
like shift it somewhere else like really try and elevate because this person has elevated themselves then try and push them down this is really strange and that's a great thing why would it be unrealistic for anybody of any age to be earning over a hundred grand in in the profession that they're in if they're are flipping six-year-olds on youtube who are millionaires because they're just sitting down opening flipping toys i think a grown-ass woman who is educated who is working deserves that's a bare minimum she should be earning she she deserves more i know she does (laughs) <laughs> to get that wage you know that she's probably working three people's jobs i'm all for it i'm in an industry where i guess i'm a freelancer so there's no sort of gauge you kind of just have to wing it and then when someone comes to me it's like oh how much do you charge for this i'm like i don't know so i pluck a figure so it'd be amazing if there was somewhere that I love the whole um, the actress sharing the little group on WhatsApp. We need to have more of that. Like, there's so many people that see each other as competition when it doesn't have to be like that. We're yeah. all in the same boat. Black females in, I don't know, creatives, they should all get together. I think a lot of people don't see collaboration in the UK as something positive. I see that as something that's quite American. I think the UK people need to work together and uplift each other like I'm very I champion black females first what's that what's the yeah if black females are winning they're winning so if I see someone doing good I'm like yes carry on but not everyone has that mentality and I I think it's sad do you know what I just don't think everyone knows how much money there is out there and it's ridiculous It's ridiculous. And if you know how much money is out there, then you're winning. So, yeah, I'm all for transparency, actually, because I think it just evens the playing field. And I think this young lady in particular, unfortunately, she's got a couple of things that are against her, that she's young, she's black, and she's female. Do you know what I mean? If she weren't those things, people would be praising her and saying, oh, how did you get that? Teach me, show me, I'll pay you to tell me how, how you got there. Do you know what I mean? I just saw so many people, like, just attacking her just trying to find holes in her story. At one point, she did fluff the maths. On one podcast I heard, she did fluff up the maths. But at the same time, it is what it is, you know? Like, she, she's allowed to make mistakes as well, I think. And I think if she's doing all right for herself, and, you know, and she's telling the truth, obviously, do you know what I mean? Then, of course, like, celebrate yourself. Why not? And I just think we just need more people like that, especially from our youth as well, to kind of, like, put themselves out there and just show other young girls that this can be done because no one's really going to do that for us. So we need to do it ourselves. Um, final headline, fans slam Diddy after he tells Kylie Jenner she's an inspiration for women of colour. So basically he was on a live to do with it, fight the coronavirus thing special that he did. And um, he spoke to the mogul as she's described. This is what he said. Today is about giving love. And I want to tell you as a hustler, I've been a hustler for a long time. Your hustle is unmatched. He said, I've got two daughters and you're such an inspiration to them and all women of all colour. Obviously, people took that and remixed it. My reaction to that is I'm not a Kardashian Jenner fan. I'm not, I don't care about them. So they don't, there are other people I'm inspired by. I don't care about them. I acknowledge that they have inspired women of all races and colours, for better or for worse. But is Kylie Jenner a hustler? Because Diddy's calling her a hustler and we, we we know that Diddy's come from... Actually, he didn't come with total broken roots, actually. He did come from a hard upbringing, but not like 
destitute DMX and lived with dogs and roots. So he didn't have that bad of an upbringing. However, he has hustled his way to being who he is today. Can you come from a billion, billionaire background and be described as a hustler? You can't. Because, look, yeah, if somebody gave me a million pounds and I injected that into my business right at this moment, I know I could turn that into a hundred million. For the years that I've put in working with nothing, they are surrounded by millionaires. You have factories that they're just like, because you have attention, these are the products, sell them. That's not the same as somebody who started off buying lashes from Chinese and built up her Instagram followers from 100 to 100,000 to a million. That's hustle. You haven't hustled. You went along on your sister's coattails with your mum as a manager, with all of the networks, and you got one of the best cosmetic companies to front your cosmetic business. You would be the lamest person if you failed. Lame. So you were going to win, and you won well, because still some people do fail, but you won well, but you're not a hustler. You may be an, an inspiration to the people that are your peer groups, that are in your, your circle. You may be the winner in that circle. Diddy and his children are a part of that circle. Talk about your people, Diddy. Like, this isn't everybody, because if the average girl really thinks that she is going to get to Kylie Jenner and what she's done, just look at how she's done it strategically. You also have to have a lot of money on surgery. You need to be showing your body almost every day. You and your sisters, you need to have a reality team. Like, it's not for everybody. You're not going to have these opportunities. And I think it's a falsehood to put this out there into society that this is a, a dream to aspire to. Like, dream bigger. Really, you can create something that we have not seen before. She is a carbon copy of her sisters. Just the next one. That's not inspiration at all. I swear, Diddy's getting more foolish. But I think more than anything, maybe it's just waking up to how their version of capitalism that they're pushing out into the world is actually very toxic and we shouldn't subscribe to it. I don't hate the Kardashian-Jenners, but it does infuriate me when they say that she's a self-made billionaire. She ain't. If you want to say that she's got amazing work ethic and her family have got amazing work ethic for the bubble and the things that they do, then 100%. But that's not a hustle. It's different when you're hustling to make a change, to make a change, to make a change. She's had money from the day dot. Bruce Jenner was a millionaire. Her mum was a millionaire. She grew up in, you know, the biggest reality show. Yeah. She'd had a lot of help along the way. She was surrounded by people that she could just ring up and they would tell her straight and she'd get a deal with those people. So yeah. it's not necessarily a hustle. I think his choice of words are wrong. I think what you said about the circles that they're move, moving in is right because for his daughters, that might be the case. They might look at that and be like, boy, with the millions that I've got in my trust fund, maybe I could do a little something too. I think that Kylie Jenner definitely is not a hustler. That's a statement, yeah? It's, <laughs> she's not a hustler at all. She works hard-ish. I would say. I think she's probably more mentally tough than anything um, just because she's dealing with that kind of lifestyle and she appears to be relatively okay and well balanced um, as she comes across. Some of these celebrities that you see, especially the younger ones, totally out of control. Do you know what I mean? And she does seem to be pretty well balanced. So I'll give her that. Why I say she works hard-ish is because you got a whole freaking team. 
you got a salary to pay that team. You got generational wealth, to be honest. How hard is it if there's someone cleaning up after you? We're built from your sisters. I don't even know with regards to the actual strategic um, mindset for her to even come up with this plan was even hers. It might have been an interest and then it was the, you know, the business plan and everything, you know, she's fed into it, but it doesn't mean that she's generated that from her personally. She might be more on the creative side, which is fine, but I cannot subscribe to this self-made hustler. No, you are not. And someone needs to really correct this narrative that's been put out there. And Diddy is I do like Diddy, don't get me wrong. Again, he's another celebrity out of touch with reality. At the end of the day, he's trying to do his best. He's trying to bring people together and everything like that. But he should know that Kylie Jenner is, is triggering to especially women of colour because of the history of the family's appropriation of black women. You can't force us to like this girl. You can't. <laughs> you just can't force it. And that's what it seems to be. It's just yeah. like, oh, you know, she's done so much. So we should like her. Like, you know what? It's my choice whether I like her or not. And I'm going to base that on her actions and what I see. And at the end of the day, she's not coming on and saying, you know what? Forbes gave me that title and I don't think I deserve it. She's not saying that. So that would suggest your silence is saying that you agree with that. Yeah. And that means that your, your reality is warped. So no. Everyone's hustle is different. And then what is the definition of hustle? Does hustle mean that you're coming from a lower place and getting somewhere higher? I don't know. It's like, if, if you work hard, you're a hustler. So maybe the definition of that has been misconstrued. Either which way, everyone starts at different places to everyone else. If you've got a million in the bank, obviously you're ahead of everyone else. I don't have a million in the bank however i have certain things and i'm a, i'm ahead of other people so is my hustle non-existent because i've got certain advantages from someone else i'm taking this message from someone like diddy who i assume to know his use of the word hustle is how i know what the world hustle i think for me it's a black culture word and obviously it's not a, it's not a black word however how it's appropriated for us and culture hustle means you've worked, you've come from some sort of grimy roots and worked your way up to something. You're not even, you don't even have to have made it successfully, but you've just hustled. You work hard because there's no other choice. If you don't hustle hard, you're not gonna make it to the next day. That's what the definition of hustle is to me. And that's how I feel Diddy is using the word hustle. Now you're right in the sense that everyone's hustle for the actual word for what it means is different at different stages. You can still be a hustler if you're a millionaire. However, I just think the way that Diddy's delivering it is a misappropriation of the word because as we know it, and he's associated with hip hop culture, black culture, hustle isn't Kylie Jenner. Hustle is him and his roots. It's 50 Cent, it's um, Jay-Z, it's Jay -Z. It's an, uh, right. I was trying to think of a woman actually. Um, I can't think of any women, but you know, <laughs> it's, that, it's us, you know? We hustling to get to where we get to, and not Kylie Jenner. If you see what they had when they started compared to now, what is that work in the middle? I know it's not traditional work, they were on TV, Kim did a sex video, whatever. Kylie got her face, her dad turned into what he wanted to turn into <laughs> a beautiful lady. Everything has changed for them, but 
surely that comes with sacrifice. So could, could their hustle be the sacrifice that they made? And obviously their sacrifice to us is probably minuscule. Oh my God, I can't spend time with my family. I have to film. But they have had certain sacrifices. They're in the public eye. As much as you think, they love it. There's certain things that they can do or can't do that we can do. They have worked hard and they do put in work for what they do. But along the way, what their privilege has actually afforded them and their connections is they've used a lot of black female culture to accelerate themselves because they are an acceptable look. Really, it's like they've just been riding on the coattails of black culture. And it's also really out there that they don't pay people properly as well. They'll just take an idea and run with it. So if Kylie had changed her look, something that was uniquely white, and her products that she had put out, there was a uniqueness to her, like a real artistry. Like you could see, actually, this girl is talented. That would be a hustle because you've put yourself out there. As it stands now, she's just selling things that are out. She's just using her gaze in order to propel and make money. That's not a hustle. You put in work, but you know, really it's like you have all the advantages to have a bigger mansion than where you started off from. Why I think it's definitely not hustle is because hustle to me is like, I think it's definitely seeded in hip hop for sure. To me, it really means to make it despite your circumstances. She hasn't made it despite her circumstances. Do you know what I mean? She's made it because of her circumstances. Yes. <laughs> she wasn't white, if she wasn't rich, if she wasn't born into an influential family, and she created the show based off her and her personality or her gifts, then cool, then maybe she would be a hustler. But no, you're all those things. And this is the thing. It's like riding on that black association and that and it's worked for her and it sells but it doesn't make her a hustler it's not authentic and I think that that's why people get so passionate about it because we can see it's not authentic do you know what I mean you're pretending you're trying to pass up for something and we can see right through this and it's very annoying because there's probably a black girl that's just like you that can't get what you have because of your privilege that's it. Like, she's not a hustler, man. She could never be. In all of this, the hustler is Chris. Chris is the one that saw as the opportunity in her girls and thought, mm -hmm. let's run with it. So if yeah. you're going to talk about hustler, that is Chris, because she's yeah. literally for <laughs> sacrificed her daughters for this, for this <laughs> empire that she's built. The kids are bearing the fruit of that. Not, and again, it's work ethic. They've worked hard to maintain that. You could argue a sliver that the hustle in their game is that they saw black culture and knew that all they had to do was get a couple of black men on board to propel their image to the um, forefront and yeah. support their narrative. And that is their hustle there because they knew that once we get them on board, because they are protected at all costs, because you cannot talk about a Kardashian as a black woman without being accused of being jealous, a hater, yeah. and wanting what they've got and blah, 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 blah. So then right. for me, that's the hustle. Chris is the hustle queen in all of this. And what the girls have learned is that Get these people on board. Yes, they might have naturally fallen in love and all that type of stuff. I'm not going to take that away. Thank However, you. However, but they also, there's a hustle in it. There's a hustle in it. And they're exploiting yeah. it for fantastic gain. They do have black women there as well, though. They have been, you know, I swear each one of them does have the obligatory black best friend. 
the word is obligatory and the one that they will throw under the bus when it suits them. Well, we see. Like, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold Kim on doesn't. a minute. Hold on a minute. Now, mm. Malika and Khadija, who are Chloe's best friends, have been yes. Chloe's best friends since they were teenagers, since before this whole Kardashian dynasty began, and they're her ride or dies. I agree with 99% of the stuff that you're saying, but not all their black friends are obligatory and they're because to the black experience and some of it is just real. Okay. But, no. but I mean, but <laughs> the thing is, it's easy to question that because sometimes you get white people who want to be close to black people to validate their association with blackness is because we see that and we know that happens in society, it's easy to come to come to that conclusion. Now, also as well, there's a lifestyle thing aspect of it. For people to move away from the Kardashians, their life is changing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So there's an addiction there. I hear you, but at the same time, I don't know. It always seems a little bit suspect, man. It really does. We're humans, so and I'm not going to say that every single relationship is a constructed reality show relationship, and they could have best friends from day one, it's, of course. However, in slavery... <laughs> um, God. <laughs> Missy, Missy Sally on the plantation had little nappy Annie as her best friend until it got to the point when they were old enough to like, yeah, now you're my slave bitch. So I'm, I'm being really, really facetious, of course. I don't know them like that personally. For me, when people do this thing where this white person is amazing, especially when it's in black culture, I'm like, for every one of these amazing white people who are at the top of our black culture, there are a bunch of black people who are doing the same thing just as good, but because this white person's at the top and been elevated by us as well, this other black person who's just as inspirational doesn't get a look in and doesn't get the credibility or the credit that for the work that they've done. And that's the part that frustrates me. I wouldn't give a damn about the Kardashians if we didn't have the issues that plague us as black people in the, doing the same thing. They're not getting paid the same thing, but yet they're just as brilliant and, and, and influential. Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. What I saw in our inbox this week came from stressed out and slightly tempted. That was her whole title. (laughs) Stressed out is saying that her ex, who's been her ex for four years, is starting to like her tweets. And she's wondering if, if he's trying to get her attention. She gave the backstory of their relationship. She said they went out four years ago for about eight months. It was brilliant. One of the best relationships she's ever had. But unfortunately, one day he had to come clean and admitted that he was still living with his children's mother. Subsequently, after a bit of back and forth, they ended up breaking up. He went back to his children's mother and she remained living her life. She said they've had no communication for four years. And since lockdown, he has liked two of her tweets and she said she said basically said the tweets were featuring herself pictures of herself and he liked both of them um so she's thinking is he trying to get her attention she hasn't thought about him in the four years in that way but now she's wondering if she should get in touch with him and find out what it's all about what do you think aunties what should this young lady do stressed out and slightly tempted. <laughs> Stressed out should not be slightly tempted. Because he is bored. He's in lockdown. He showed his true colours four years ago. Even if he is liking the pics. So effing what? Stay there. Like the pics. You shouldn't be blocked, to be honest. Why is he getting all involved? He's bored. 
he's bored. Guys do this. They have their normal lives. They think, oh, grass is greener. What's going over there? Let me like this scantily clad pictures and breast <laughs> out and boobs out. Oh yeah, grass is greener. But realistically, if a guy likes you, he would be with you. If he's not Preach. that into you, if he's not that into you, he will like pictures. He will flirt online. Da da da. But really, the proof is in the pudding. He's not there, therefore he's not with her. So stress to just ignore, block, delete, move on, see forward. Definitely. I think stressed out just needs to, to avoid all temptations, just block him. Because this is definitely, like, where's it going to go? For one, we're on lockdown. So this is just fun. This is just banter. And the only person that really is going to get hurt is stressed out. It's like, don't even enter, don't even think about it. Is there a way that you can block somebody and give somebody else the code so that you can't unblock them? Like, it needs <laughs> that type of lock and key measurements so that you don't, when you're also bored, go down there. Because really, the fact that there's even a little bit of a spark there, this guy could read his way back in. And before you know it, it's like you're just his, his little fix from time to time when he needs release from his family. Because it probably is getting on top being at home with the missus and the kids. So yeah, just block, delete, avoid, don't even look right or left, for real, straight, tunnel vision. Yeah, I think she should have blocked him already, to be honest. From when she see the first like, at the end of the day, he didn't leave him on good terms. He's lied to her. He's showed her what kind of character he has. Maybe, let's even, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe just want some attention. Doesn't have to be anything sexual, romantic. Maybe just want some attention. But at the end of the day, he violated people like that. You just don't want them in your lives. I was going to say to stressed out that it seems like he wants attention, reacting blocking him or anything will give him a little bit of a buzz so but in that respect because she says she's tempted then I agree then she should just block him if she feels like he continues to like tweets she might then be tempted to get in touch with him in some way shape or form but if she's totally unbothered I would say ignore him because it sounds like it always seems like he wants attention and wants some sort of reaction so blocking is also some kind of what oh I've affected her in some way so actually ignoring him would actually work too I think that's just leaving the door open. If stressed out truly does not want to do anything with this guy, she shouldn't. If she does want to go there, then she needs to go in it knowing that he's probably going to take the piss in some sort of way. I think stressed out needs to block him. But before she blocks him, (laughs) she needs to send him a message saying, Hear what now, rude boy? Fuck off. Yeah? (laughs) Because it's like like you said, Nana, he's at home bored. With his baby mother and his picnic them, and he's bored and he's going through his things and he's seeing people looking nice and he's like, let me see if she responds back to me. No, no, no. There's no need for no response. Block and delete. That's it. You're done. I don't need to know how you feel because you're blocked. I don't care. That's it. Conversation's done. You can't get in contact with me. And if you try to get in contact with me any other way, I will report you to the social media pundits. <laughs> Stressed out and slightly tempted. Block, 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 block,
but my husband's family, mostly unmarried women, are bashing him for his decision to stand by me. They're accusing him of being a bad father for not attending his daughter's 10th birthday. His own mother said that I should have been more understanding and not become upset if he had attended the party without me. My husband's baby mother and I have had no bad blood. We have never been disrespectful to each other, nor have we had any arguments or disputes. But for some odd reason, she told my husband that I was not welcome to the party because of my attitude. By the way, the daughter loves me and knows that I am very kind and direct. Is my husband right for standing by me or should he have left me behind to attend his daughter's party? What do you ladies think? I'm in a position where um, we have a blended family. My first husband is the father of my eldest. Then I remarried and I've got two other children. Um, so my eldest has a stepmom. Unfortunately, <laughs> she's not really interested in that role of stepmom. And I guess I'm the minority where I'm like, I kind of wish there was that stepmom mom other when he goes there. I'd feel a bit more secure. So I don't feel like I'm jealous. I, I don't think if she looked after him well and was like second mum, he called her mum, I'd be jealous. I kind of want that. I think that's a positive thing. However, if it was a case of I was holding a party and I said <laughs> I didn't want her at my son's party because of her attitude. And I can understand that because this one has been rude to me. So I think I can see myself saying it, but I would still expect the dad to come because the child should come before the new wife. Now, shoot me if I'm wrong. I think the, the mother of the child is wrong. Like, why would you put the ex-husband in that kind of position? Why would you put your child in that position? If you haven't had bad blood with this woman, what is your point here? I think she's not thinking about putting her child first, really and truly, to exclude someone that's in her ex-husband's life. What kind of example does that set? If the woman is a good woman and she hasn't done anything wrong and she gets another child, you should be demonstrating we can all get along, that relationships can work, Sometimes they don't work, but you can still come together and have harmony. By excluding her, she's setting a bad example. And it makes me think, like, what are her motivations? Yeah, I agree. I hate this side of blended relationships and ex-partners and all the new kids and all that type of stuff. Especially when you're a mother who works hard to be amicable with your ex, even if your ex is troublesome or you don't have a great relationship with them, but yet you work hard and then someone else comes along and then just dismantles it all because it's basically an insecurity because if the woman, if the mother of the child has not done anything wrong, as you guys have said, why the hell is she blocked from the party? And for the guy, I understand relationship dynamics because again, if you've got, um, I think I, I know a few guys who've got that problematic new person in their life who will do all the most if they show any attention to the former family and it becomes a problem in the relationship. If you really care and really want to raise children that aren't fucked up in the future, your child has to come first. And the man, I think he should have gone for his child. His woman at home hopefully wouldn't have made him feel bad for going. And there needs to be a very grown up conversation between all the adults in this relationship to work out what the hell's going on and why. And the guy in this needs to take the lead because these two women, something's gone wrong. He needs to sort it out because he's the middle. He's the middle factor. And if the ex has still got any harboring any feelings or something, then this is why it's all blown up. 
the ex-partner is off her head crazy for saying that. Maybe she's got a bigger reason. We don't know. Maybe the stepmom did or said something to the child that she hasn't divulged. I don't know. But either way, I feel like if she's made that decision, the husband should still go to the party because it's about the child. And then, like you said, after that, they should have a conversation. That's the most adult way around it. If I was in a situation and I was like the new wife, I'd encourage the husband to, let's go, man. We're going to go anywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? Seriously. He should be there for his child. The fact that he didn't, I can kind of, it depends what kind of, obviously we don't know too much, woman the ex is. Because if she's manipulating a situation and she's got a history of doing this, do you know what I mean? Or like using a child in situations to control things, then I can understand why you just wouldn't want to engage and be like, you know what, then nothing's going to happen then. Yeah, I do understand that. But as the new wife, you have to encourage him to go. Let them cuss me. Me and you, we're going. We're going for that child because whatever you have, I have to love. Do you know what I mean? That's it. This scenario I have experience of in various different ways in my life even, where you, you can get involved in other family situations and I know the feeling of being left out and how that actually can affect you so I get it from the wife's point of view where you want your husband to stick by you because you don't want to have to deal with that feeling of I was left out but maturity would have it I think on two points from when the baby mother told the husband your wife can't come That's a conversation that has to involve three parties. We are going to talk about this. Then, not after the party, before the party even happens, we have to sort this out. And then you move on from there. If my husband doesn't do that, I am actively telling you to go in the hopes that this will get sorted out on another date. Because it, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to really figure this out that, actually the majority of people involved with this child are going to now have an even bigger problem with me than I thought was a problem before. So a problem has surfaced and you're making it even worse by keeping a a father and their child away from each other. It's just like, why would you want the extra attention on yourself just to avoid feeling left out? Like it's a day, it's a 10 year old's party, it's really probably not even going to be that fun. Even if you was invited, something that I would probably try and avoid going to anyway. It's like, it's a 10 year old party. Why do you actually have to be there? You don't really. So just, it's, you've got to park your ego sometimes and really pick your battles. This isn't a battle to really be even fighting. It's like, this is a convo that we can have. Afterwards or before would be better. It's not that big a deal really. If you are with somebody and they have children, you should encourage as best, to the best of your ability that person to see their children. I'm not saying that men are faultless. I'm not going to say that. But how can you be with someone and just be all right with them not having anything to do with their kid? And there's no point going and causing a scene. Let him go to the party. Let him come back and you have a conversation. If you didn't have it before, you have the conversation after. But obviously this is betraying an underlying issue because of the woman saying, you can't come and you actually haven't done nothing to her or anything to the child, then it's a bigger situation. In life, things are going to start coming up where it's like, well, what, so I can't come to... landmark event like a graduation or real family event where everyone involved in that child's life should be there 
birthday parties are maybe insignificant, but landmark birthdays and big events, and I still can't come as a stepmom or whatever, then there is a big issue effort. The other women in this story, yeah, coming onto her as well, like, they need to do better too. This is mm-hmm. part of problems with families. Do you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. that other people that are involved that are either putting their two cents in where it doesn't need to be, or they're just really pushing these very toxic views. If the child's mother is acting the way, then those women should be reasoning with her because if he's with her, then he's with her. Right, this came straight into our inbox, um, this dilemma. Dear aunties, I'm 28 and I live at home with my mum. She agreed for my partner to stay over during quarantine because my partner's family haven't been supportive or even accepting of her sexuality. My mum walked in on us whilst we were having a bit of fun. She was mid-climax. I can't face my mum. I'm so embarrassed. What should I do? Should I mention it? Should I apologise? Put a lock on my door? I'm in a real dilemma, aunties. Please help me. She needs to put a lock on her door. Because, jeez! <laughs> Later! Like, oh, that is so embarrassing. The idea of, like, your parent walking in on you. Whether you're being climaxed or the person is... Uh, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. She needs a lock on her door. I mean, she's lucky that her mum's letting her partner stay. That's amazing. And it's not like she can wait until her mum goes out at, you know... We're all locked down, so that option's gone out the window. She needs to get on amazing.com and order a lock for her bedroom. That's what she needs to do. So I'm trying to think how she can really navigate. I feel like you just got to talk about it. Like, there's no... like you, You've got a partner. Your mum allowed the partner to stay in the house. She's going to know that you two are going to be having sexy time. Um, I'm presuming she didn't knock on the door, so she just walked in. Really, like, mum needs to take some responsibility for, like, just walking in. And it's a conversation. It's just like, like, yeah, sorry, mum, that was really embarrassing. And then move on from there. Say sorry, like, stay out of your mum's way for a couple of days and she'll probably forget. (laughs) She won't. (laughs) Um, I think they probably should... (laughs) They need to have a conversation, I agree. I do think they need to have a conversation. Just try and deal with it head on and just say, you know, that was a bit I think that was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that one. (laughs) It's a bit mad. (laughs) I might have to just leave, to be honest. Yeah, they said go where? (laughs) I don't know. Anywhere, anywhere. I would have to leave. But, um, but for this person, they should deal with it like a mature adult. My first reaction was like, that conversation will never be had. I will act like it never happened. There's none <laughs> dealing with it. But what I, I agree with the fact that mum, because I mean, I have a teenager who has a boyfriend and it's navigating that space because I'm not stupid. I'm sure they've had some times. <laughs> no, they haven't. I mean, look, you get, when, when, when the child gets to the age, and so I also have to have in my bloody mind that when the boyfriend is around, not that I'm expecting them to be doing anything when I'm walking up and down the flat, that's also a bit nuts, because what time was this interaction? Because if it's, there's certain hours that people walk about their flat freely. <laughs> if you're like, I'll say from, say, let's to be reasonable, from 10 a.m., to freaking 7pm, there's a window where there's risk of people interrupting your, your schedule. So let's be sensible about when you're going to have sexy time, especially if you're living with your parents. So you have to be conscious of that. 
But otherwise, mum also, come on now, you can't be knocking, and it's a big woman as well, so you should have some sort of boundaries. Unless, and again, again, I don't know their relationship, they could be super close and she could have forgotten herself and they, she's used to just going into the room and then maybe the daughter comes into her room quite freely. So it is about the dynamics of their relationship. But generally, from when you know that your child has got a partner living with them, then you, have, you do run the risk of walking on them in awkward times. There should also be a knock. Unless she knocked and they were like going full at it and didn't hear the knock, you oh. know, there's all these type of things. But me personally, I'm conscious. So I have, you know, I will knock. Or I would just be like, you know what? They're in the room. I don't really need them. I might call my daughter actually on the phone if I need her. If like just to be really stupid or dramatic. But um, I think respect's a window of time where you shouldn't be having sex at a certain time. Unfortunately, you're in your mum's house. Get your own flat if you want to have all day, all day sex and all night <laughs> sex and everything sex. But other than that, for me personally, we were not having that conversation. Never dealing with it. Just act like it never happened. And I'd just be mindful and I'd respect the hours and only have sex at 4 a.m. yeah that's never i'm never having a conversation ever if i'm the mum i'm not having a conversation if i'm the child i'm not having a conversation (laughs) i'm doing i'm doing the black thing that we like to do and sweep that bad boy underneath the carpet that's not (laughs) happening like it didn't ever 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 happen okay so what time is the certain time you said 4 a.m it should be never Okay, so my sister's staying with us during quarantine. I'm not doing nothing. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> she ain't going to be walking in, but still, even if there's a 2% chance that she might hear even the slightest, I'm not doing nothing. Wait, hold on, wait, wait. Sorry, no. What? No, no. You're married. This is your house. You can... Get it in with your husband. It's not even about being married. You, you, this is your house. You have a partner in the house. You lot have freedom to do whatever you want. However, so you're going to deprive yourself and your husband from looking for the whole quarantine time because of your sister. Come Sarita, on, quarantine time is December, you know. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> your sister is not going to be walking into your room at midnight, or is she? Your, 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 your husband, wife, room, bedroom. Like, why would she, she walk in? But she might hear the slightest of slightest. No, but okay, the, look, there's yeah, ways to... Cons- What's the difference? Yeah. She knows okay. you've done it. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you got kids, though. I'm not Sarita. <laughs> I need to get my point across. <laughs> Sarita, <laughs> there are women like me who ain't even got the, the sniff of one and you've got it in your <laughs> house and you're having it. Are you mad? <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> Listen, take advantage all day, every day. Your sister can't cut. And if she can hear you, tell her, buy her no! Like, no, are you crazy? Quarantine could go on forever. <laughs> like, no. No, sorry, love. You've got a garden. You've got a pillow. You can put your face in it. Let's be real. Come on now. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm like, find some new techniques. Get a, a, like a silk scarf, stuff it in your mouth, all that type of shit. Gag him, whatever. What's going on? You've got this a garden. Is... Hold on, sorry, sorry. No, you've got a garden. You got... talked about this new balcony that you've got set up. All this type of stuff. What's going on? You okay, cannot. We do have a terrace. However, our neighbours are very nosy. <laughs> like, it's pitch black and no one can see. Come on now. Do you know I'm... what? This is like this is my version of Sade. Not talking about periods. You're a prude. I'm not a prude, but this should <laughs> remain between a husband and wife. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to see but, or hear or anything or even hear a mattress. 
Sorry, no. wait, sorry, Sarita. Stand so you're up. trying to tell me that you've never had secret sex anywhere, anytime in your life where someone could hear, but you've just had to get it in? No. Believe you not. Okay. Wow. I don't believe, oh, I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second. As I've matured and I'm more embarrassed and I've got kids who are very nosy and they're a bit older. No, I don't like it. No. So, so what what about um, in a car? What do you mean in a car? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nana. Girl, you <laughs> lived. <laughs> Nana's got kids too. She's telling you. You just said you didn't <laughs> want anyone to hear. So I'm like, well, why don't you just go down a country lane? Like, nobody's going to hear. Have you not got a car? Sister? Yeah. So just go in the car. What am I going in the car for? If you don't want to do it in the house because you're scared your sister's going to hear, just go in your car. Where is that I like to be seduced. I like ambiance. There is no ambiance in the car. There is, there is. Flip, 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 flip the scripts, man. Get me. Switch that bad boy up. Come on now. You know? Sarita, sorry, Sarita. I know you go to Camp Festival. You have a tent and you have a garden. Come on, girl. No, so true story. <laughs> the last camp festival we went to was the one with the great winds, and uh, we had to leave our tent there. So we have no tent. Okay. But we do have a terrace. But as I said, no neighbours. The garden got very cold. I don't like the cold. I, I don't even know what to say to you. Anymore. No, not do I. I understand not wanting to be heard, but there's ways around that. Yeah, man. The floor. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Shower. Like the floor bathroom. has creaks. Oh my god. The shower is very close to the other. You don't, you don't want it, man. You don't want it. I want it. I've got a dilemma. My friend doesn't like sex. And I'm trying to convince her it's okay to have sex, but she refuses to take my advice. Aunties, help. Yeah, trust me. You don't want it because I can't get it and I'm thinking of ways that I could. So that's the difference. If you have something on tap, <laughs> you're like, yeah. I feel I like this is tomorrow. I feel like, and if you don't have it, it's like, oh, I really need it. I feel like this is the moment we bring your husband in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I don't even remember um, what the dilemma was. And we've also Did gone we on. Solve her dilemma? No, I don't know. <laughs> That was Auntie's No Best. If you have a dilemma, please send them to dilemmas.yourauntiescouldnever at gmail.com. Hey, I'm Auntie Farah and you're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. And now we're about to take you guys back with Black in the Day. My Black in the Day is really revolving around Teddy Riley and Babyface go against each other and play 20 tracks well, it was 19 in the end. And really, it just took me back to being a teenager and reliving that experience. But also really realising that I am a, a really young auntie compared to Auntie AK and Auntie Farah. What kind Don't of discuss. No, what no, no, hell? sorry. I'm also in wait. that camp. I don't know yeah. why no, no, wait, you're Wait, 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 what? what? <laughs> auntie, <laughs> me and Auntie Sade are really young aunties and our experiences um, don't go as far 
into the past as YouTube. <laughs> yeah. That's what we found out. That's accurate. Absolutely accurate. I, yeah. I, I, I hate you lot right now. Go on. <laughs> there was just a lot of tunes that were definitely before um, we were listening to R&B, like mm-hmm. in between Motown to R&B times. We're going to review your participation in this podcast. And Sade by default. It was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant like takeover on Instagram with over 300,000 well, it got to actually up to 500,000, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. 500,000 yeah, people million. listening to two old men share their tracks. And yeah, it just took me back. What's your freaking back in the day, which? The, the, oh, yeah. My back in the day is that <laughs> Teddy Riley has like, some of the best tunes. <laughs> That's what it is. Nana, this is not a good black in the day. What is the black <laughs> in the day? Black in the day? <laughs> but what's my favourite track? Oh I'm Googling God. Teddy Riley tracks at this moment. In time. No, it actually was Babyface's one. Okay, so my favourite track that was played, I think it was played by Babyface, um, was an absolute anthem to my teenage years, Superwoman. That was my absolute favourite track. For the aunties that experienced the verses, what was your favourite track? So from last night, which was amazing, it was really, really just such a moment and I thoroughly enjoyed myself or as like Nana said I didn't know all the tracks because I was just simply too young um, <laughs> but that's okay um, but my favorite my favorite from last night which I was I think uh Boys to Men definitely um which song what did he play he played I'll Make Love to You know yeah 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 that's from from what was played last night definitely Boys to Men and then before I let you go, Blackstreet oh. was amazing. Foxy Brown, Gotta Get You Home. Yeah, I think those are my favourites from last night. That that really kind of like sums up my childhood, really. You're the queer. <laughs> I, was tra- I'm, um, I was trying to get um, the playlist up. But I'm so disheartened by Auntie Nana and Auntie Shade's shade. That um, ageism shade. Age concern. I feel like I've got to email them and say I've been harassed <laughs> by two <laughs> Harassed at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being harassed in the workplace, and it's ageism. That's my complaint. Um, we're only a merely a few years older than you guys, and um, it was a fantastic night, I must say. And the uncles really showed up and showed out after all the drama. And um, my favourite tunes that were played last night, or generally, <clears throat> I think "Remember the Time" has a significant impact. Definitely "Rum Shaker" because that was the pissing hip hop classic. That was yeah. like, you know, that got me up shaking my ass. Definitely Superwoman and the other um, Karen White tune. They remind me of my big sister. And I remember having the mini CD when mini CDs were a thing for oh, all of five minutes. I remember minutes. mini CD. I had a mini CD of Karen White's um, Superwoman and the other tune. It's fantastic. I don't know that. What's, what's mini CD? You don't what remember? Don't, are you being serious? No, no I'm being but serious. Lana, but Lana, I thought you were Don't try it, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, Sade, I feel like I'm cancelling you from this conversation. <laughs> no, 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 but no, seriously. No, ser- are you talking about mini discs? No, not mini discs, no. Mini no, not mini discs. They actually had mini CDs. They're like, you know, like had an LP and a 45. You had the big one and a smaller 45 yeah, on a yeah, record. Yeah. They tried to emulate that with um, CDs, had mini CDs. and It didn't cars. last long, though. It didn't last long. Okay. And you had to have an adapter within your CD player to, for it to play. And we had it in our stack uh, of it, um, our stereo stack. 
Okay. I mean, was you also working at that time? <laughs> oh my! Mm. <laughs> the shade <laughs> is so. <laughs> My God, the levels of shade are deep within you. I was probably a different. But <laughs> wow, it's just jokes. This is, auntie, this is your aunties could never with Auntie Nana, Auntie AK, Auntie Sarita, and Auntie Farah. Unfortunately, <laughs> one has been excluded from the group. So anyway, back to the tunes that I knew, and I wasn't fucking working. I was. Um, I, what was I? I think I was about. Maybe, oh yeah, definitely in primary school when that song was out. But anyway, I don't even want to talk anymore. When I was younger, I wasn't a big Babyface fan because I felt it was grown folks, very slow jammy. And Tony Braxton was, you know, when her song, mm -hmm. Cause she mm -hmm. I wasn't a fan of her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you guys <go back>. out. <laughs> I was ever a fan of like, my favorite baby face tune is Lover in You. This is for the Lover in You. Ooh, that's, that's a tune. That that's a tune. Go on, Last else. night, Teddy, when before I let you go, came on, that made me emotional. That was like, oh my God. Yeah. From college. From college. Not the pension room. Get me. So, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. No, man, I just, I just really enjoyed the whole experience. I don't think I could pick one song, but for me, Teddy definitely took it. Babyface yeah. had some tunes as well, obviously. Man's a genius. But Teddy took it from me yesterday. So, <laughs> I used to buy a lot of things on import, which used to really irritate me. Like, everyone else was buying top 10 hits for like two ninety nine at our price. I had to spend like five pound plus on imports. So yeah. I don't know, I wasn't really, I don't think I was Teddy Riley, um, who's the other guy? Babyface. <laughs> Babyface, okay. No, 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 I was Babyface era, but I don't think I was really, really like proper invested. So I had to Google, I had to Google um, Teddy Riley and a song came up and I'm assuming it's Teddy Riley because the song came up. Um, All My Love, Queen Penn. That was my jam, and I paid for that on import, and not a lot of people know it because it's, let me play it now. But I couldn't stay up till one o'clock. Are you mad? Are you mad? That's because you're granny. About... Imagine That's the youngest because auntie. because I'm an auntie. I'm, I'm the youngest auntie, though, who couldn't stay awake. The youngest Am I the auntie. youngest auntie, though? Yes. yes. Sade. Old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're old. <laughs> um, so that was black. Has everyone answered their black in a day? Have you I don't even remember what the question was. It was what your favorite Teddy Riley baby face check was. Okay, yep, yep, Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your aunties could never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, aunties, what's made you sad, mad, or glad? So I'm sad because I have been having some freaky deaky dreams Why? and last no not freaky sex freaky oh. freaking weird last yeah. week i had a real night i had a nightmare it was actually a nightmare but um we were, it was an independence day nightmare literally outside my block of flats there's a spaceship and there were government helicopters and lights and it felt so real like i had you know when you have those real dreams where you actually feel like you're in the dream there was literally a lockdown no one knew what was going to happen i looked out my window 
and there was a spaceship and bright lights everywhere. Um, Sade, for some reason, you were there and this other guy that I know was there and Sade got on a bus and I was trying to get on the bus, couldn't get on the bus. Me? On a bus? <laughs> it was a dream. It wasn't like a public transit bus. It was so like offended. A, it, was an escape, it was an escape route bus. Basically, they were busting us oh, out. Okay. Yeah, they were okay. busting us out to safety. For some reason, I couldn't get on the bus or whatever. It was just problematic. I woke up from it, fell asleep, went back to it. I was so shook. I'm very sad that I had a freaking nightmare. I feel like nightmares should be only had when you're little. I don't know why I'm having a nightmare at this age. And it was Independence Day related, which was very stressful. I'm mad that today, it's just, I went to have a power nap because I was so exhausted from all the late night raving we've been doing. I'm like, it was a 45 minute power nap just to rejuvenate. And it got to the point where I'm not warming up in my bed. I could go and have a hot shower to warm up my feet or boil a, boil a hot water bottle to warm my feet up. But then it's going to take away from my... Um, nap time so then by the time I've done all that I'm going to be awake again and lose the momentum of wanting a nap it's just going to defeat the purpose so I stayed in bed freezing I don't know why it's cold it's just my toes just wouldn't warm up and I stayed in bed couldn't get warm my whole 45 minute power nap time was wasted so I'm very pissed off and mad about that because I wasted my 45 minute power nap time can I just jump in if you're going to have a power nap you have to get everything sorted you're no, wasting your know. own time. No, I didn't know I was going to be cold. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, my, I didn't realise I was going to you be... You have to foresee every eventuality <laughs> for a power nap. It's only 45 minutes. Well, you I know blanket, now. You're well fed. You've gone to the toilet. You sleep. You close your eyes. You turn your phone off for 45 minutes. No, the thing is, everything. Well, now I will kind of because I've I had I've got I always sleep with two duvets. I had no clue, and my room isn't even cold. But it's just I think sometimes my circulation this is my circulation is mad. So if my feet are cold, and I didn't realize they were as cold as they were, nothing was happening, and I was like, I don't want to move because I'm going to lose the moment. So I just and I just realized I was just it just wasted it. But yes, I will be preempting. I'll have double socks and hot water bottles and all that type of shit. Um, I'm glad today is a tw um, the fourth year anniversary of Prince's passing, which I'm not glad about. However, I am very glad that I got to see him five times. And the last time I saw him, he touched my hand. And as a very big Prince fan, I'm glad I have the memories. And he was one of my icons growing up. And I'm just glad that I got to see him five times. And he is one of the best live performers in the whole fucking world. I am glad that I am home. Woohoo! So yes. fresh from my sister's house, my lovely sister, I'm home. They fixed my boiler. So I am very, very glad about that. I have hot water and heating in my house. I slept on my bed, which was amazing. But I'm also sad because this means that it's back to me cooking by myself again. Me and my sister had some really good tag team back again. She'd cook, I'd cook, we'd cook together. Then we'd force teenagers to wash the dishes and go shop. So um, that was really good. And um, what am I mad about? I don't have a mad. I'm sad because today it's my eighth year and a wedding anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. Happy and we had planned to go on quite a few trips this year because it's also my 40th birthday year and our 20 year together anniversary year wow. as well. Um, big. Yeah, we had lots, you know, planned to celebrate. So I'm sad that we've got to Tuesday and the kids made me breakfast, but it was like the waking up to, oh my God, we're really, are not going out anywhere, are we? Like not even to a restaurant, like that's not a possibility. So I'm sad about that. I'm mad because deep down within me, I feel like there's a bit of a rouge and this isn't, I feel like we, restaurants should be open. 
So I'm a bit mad about that, but I'm, you know, we'll keep that simmering for a while until everybody else is mad about it too. But I am glad that we've got to eight years and 20 years together and not killed each other. And we've got two beautiful <laughs> boys. So I'm glad about that. Beautiful. I'm sad that Notting Hill Carnival is not happening oh. in London this year, which is really sad. I was kind of looking forward to that out of quarantine. That'll be the thing to do, but it's not happening. I'm mad. This could probably be a topic as well that uh, there are some people who believe calling someone Karen or referring them to Karen is equal to saying the n-word which huh? is insane yes yes I'm mad about that huh I'm mad about what's that, that so you know how you can say like oh that's a Becky or whatever. oh okay yeah, yeah. there's a version yeah. that some people say Karen or oh instead of Becky yeah but there's some people saying that they and someone's Karen equals calling someone the n-word and i'm glad the ig live thing is just such a success it was very very enjoyable seeing teddy riley and baby face go at it even though it was the second time round, or even kind of like the third it was just great and i think there's just so many different things happening so i'm just really happy that i'm being entertained for free so my sad mad glad um today i'm sad that time seems to be flying. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm unhappy in this in this situation, but today time went so quickly. I kind of blinked and it ran away with me. So yeah, I don't know whether I'm coming or going to be honest. Um, I'm mad that I'm constantly in the kitchen. I'm making like three meals a day. I feel like a dinner lady. So I make breakfast, then I tidy up, then I make lunch, tidy up and dinner. And that's just me in the kitchen, plus homeschooling, plus trying to contend with my work. It just seems like I'm constantly in the kitchen and I don't get a break. But either which way, I can't complain because our meals are lit. So, um, my glad that it was 4.20 yesterday. No one's mentioned that. We were celebrating. So, we watched Friday. And it's like, don't you think it's funny how you watch things as an adult and you see so many more jokes so friday was actually hilarious like i was laughing the whole way through i i could relate with the dad <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah just watching old movies with an adult brain is so amazing so i'm glad that i watched friday the other week i watched who framed roger rabbit and even then i was like whoa this is amazing yeah. so yeah i'm glad for my adult head i'm watching things from the 80s i can truly appreciate now and that's it do hit us up on instagram and let us know what's made you sad mad and glad wait 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 before we go i have an unpopular opinion so we were talking about edris and it just made me think i'm not a massive edris fan i'm not <laughs> right. i don't really fancy him i don't want him to be james bond i don't get it that's my unpopular opinion so if anyone else out there feels like I do and they're not really a massive Idris fan, just let us know. Go onto our social media and you will see. We'll do a little poll. Who likes Idris and who doesn't? Or who fancies Idris and who doesn't? Because I personally just think that, especially now, he's just like an uncle. Not that there's anything wrong with uncles, but you get what I'm saying. If you want to follow the aunties, here's how you can. You can follow me, Auntie AK, on all plat social media platforms at The British Blacklist. You can follow me, Auntie Nana, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter at Love Yaya.
You can follow me, Auntie Shade, at Shade Salami on all platforms. You can follow me, Auntie Sarita, on most platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, at Hey Sarita. And you can follow me, Auntie Farah, on Instagram at FarOutProductions77. Hey, I'm Auntie Sarita, and you've been listening to Your Aunties Could Never, hosted by The British Blacklist. Head over to SoundCloud, Apple, and Spotify to listen back. Don't forget to follow us on Your Aunties Could Never over at Instagram. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow and comment. Bye.